0: We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace With The Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there, and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life, and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Peace With The Process. I'm excited to have you guys back in today. We've got a really awesome guest for you today. His name is Mr. Tommy Baker. Now, Tommy is a two-time author of The 1% Rule and The Leap of Your Life. He also hosts the Resist Average Academy podcast and runs the Resist Average Academy podcast. Uh, You know, it's a a coaching platform. So he has several different ways uh, for people to get engaged with Tommy and what he has been doing, uh, some principles that he discusses in his books, as well as some opportunities to work one on one with him. So I think the name pretty much says it all. I mean, that's really what we're about here resisting being average. So I'm really excited to get into our conversation. Before we do, I want to thank everybody for their ratings and reviews that they have left for us. If you have not left a rating and review just yet, please take just a moment to leave us a rating and review. It is extremely appreciated. We thank you and everybody for your support. It really helps get this podcast out there for other people to really soak up the knowledge That me and my guests are talking about on this show. I'm also excited that we have been getting new members to the Facebook group. That's the Peace with the Process Facebook group. We are building that and we will be uh, really amping that up over the next few weeks and getting some conversations going. We'll discuss some things uh, that we discuss here on the show. We'll open that up to discuss within that group as well. And then we'll kind of dive in and start learning from each other Uh, And later on down the line, we'll start having some events and some different ways we can all start working together. Because I know everybody here, everybody listening, yeah, you right there, (laughs) we're all growth-driven individuals. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to a uh, self-development-style podcast. Um, But before we get into Tommy's uh, and I's conversation, I want to tell you guys about uh, Robin Dreek's uh, People Formula courses. We had him on the show last week, and I started – some of the courses that he has. I actually started the flagship package with the discount code that he provided on there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Go back and listen to the episode, get your discount code, and then go check out those courses. He has all different levels of courses. You don't have to pick the flagship package um I think that's one of his most uh, intensive courses that he has right now. Um, but there's all kinds of different levels. You know, I want to make sure I'm getting, um, you know, the most that I can. And, of course, when you get a really nice discount, like what he provides, I want to make sure I, I'm getting a really good uh, really good discount. So I dropped that in there. And uh, I'm enjoying it. It is very amazing. I am learning more than what we just talked about on the podcast because you heard him mention, you know, he, he has a lot of um, – Uh, media and conversations where you do get a lot of really good tidbits that you can take and you can go and you can start applying. But in these courses, he really does get down into further detail. He helps illustrate some of these situations uh, with stories and instances that he's actually gone through and instances where he's seen these principles pay off and, you know, help in what he does and it's really good it's just a really good take on it it's definitely money well spent on my end i'm extremely grateful uh, to robin for dropping us that discount code as well so if you haven't had a chance go check it out people formula and let's go ahead and get over to mine and tommy's conversation i think you guys are going to really enjoy it here you go Oh, hey, and by the way, we did have some Zoom complications with this episode, uh, where on my end, the connectivity was not that great. You're going to be able to hear Tommy crystal clear, um, and you'll be able to fill in the blanks whenever he answers some, some of my questions. It's just here and there, but we did have some complications, so please bear with me. Our conversation is a very good one. You're also going to notice some connection issues on next week's episode as well, again, Bear with us uh, doing Zoom calls and things like that. Connect- connectivity issues tend to pop up here and there. It's all part of the process, but I think our conversations uh, were so good that you know we didn't want to meet back up for another uh, go at it. We, we really kind of grinded out everything that needed to be said. So I want you guys to enjoy it. Bear with me, and thank you for sticking in there.
1: Blake, thanks so much for having me on, man. Love what you're doing, and uh, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man, I uh, I love it out to me just the name alone. Uh, I'm a huge advocator for that concept. So before we uh, before we dive into the real nitty gritty, uh, give us a little bit of an overview of what you guys do at uh, Resist Average Academy, and then I want to hear a little bit about how you came upon you know this career this this path in your life and why you chose it.
1: Yeah. Beautiful, man. Thank you. Yeah. So resist average is, um, it's, it's really a mindset that's born out of this concept that nobody, none of us have a desire to wake up, uh, and be unfulfilled in our careers or disengaged in our relationships or, uh, physically not able to say yes to life's experiences. Nobody has that desire, at least from what I know. Um, but we tend to slide into those places through small changes that we adapt um, over time and we end up there. So resist average is kind of going against that uh, stream that leads us to really live these lives that we, we, we wake up and we're like, how did we get here? And uh, I think we've all experienced that to some capacity. So resist average is taking kind of the, negative side of sliding into that and choosing to challenge ourselves today, physically, mentally, emotionally, maybe spiritually, um, to counteract that force and to use the compounding effect, not to, for not to wind up in a place we don't want to be, but to use it in a, in a place that we do want to be. Um, so that's resist average in a nutshell. And the way that we do that is, you know, different types of content like this podcast books, coaching experiences, um, to help people, um, you know, because goal setting and wanting to make change is so much less about the goal and so much more about our emotional stamina in pursuit of that goal. When I say emotional stamina, stamina, I mean, the fear, the doubt, the overwhelm, the procrastination, the comparison, the imposter syndrome. And so everything that I do is, uh, you know, around managing that emotional state so we can last long enough to ensure that the, the goal actually comes to life.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I, I agree with that. Uh, I think the, the the mind tends to resist before the, our physical bodies do. So that makes sense. You know, you're attacking the mind and making sure you've worked through those uh, uh, so that you get to a point where maybe the body starts to. Uh, I love that. So tell me, what is it that got you in? up with a resist average academy
1: yeah being the person (laughs) being on the wrong end of the adaptation cycle so uh in a nutshell pain uh distress discouragement um not being in a career you know being really stuck in a career but not knowing what i wanted how i wanted how to change anything um being financially just in a terrible place um being in relationships that really just weren't serving and just just having no sense of uh who i was and and what i wanted to do um so that experience that season which lasted a decent amount of time led me to through a 10-year quest is what i call it um to really travel the world and discover what um how do we actually create transformation and you know, how do we how do we create clarity? How do we last? How do we how do we stay consistent? Et cetera, et cetera. So everything that I said about not wanting to wind up in a place that you don't want to be in, um, I can only speak to that by being in that place.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, you got to speak off of your uh, your own experiences and and things that relate to others as well. So I get that. So when you were first getting started, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the journey when you made that realization of okay. This is what I want to do for people. You know, I want to help them get over these mental hurdles that are keeping them from becoming what they need to be. When you decided to do that, and you decided to put the things into place that are that's gonna give you the capability to do that for people. How was that journey? You know, were there any was there any resistance you had, any hiccups in the road, lessons you learned, getting started?
1: Yeah, always resistance. You know, one of the things when you find something that when you're in a tough circumstance and you get to the other side or when you go through a crisis and you get to the other side, or when you discover that something works or that something makes life better or that something uh, creates more fulfillment or peace or presence or any of these things that most of us want. Um, you almost don't have an option, but to share it with others and not in a way of like, you need to do this, but you're in, you're enrolling people hopefully through storytelling and, and being you know very empathetic into this journey. And so for me, it was a very organic process of sharing a message every single day uh, for really seven years. And I would share that message through either writing uh, or speaking into a camera or some other medium, um, but doing it every single day for seven years. And early on, it wasn't, this is gonna be my business. Early on, it was, I'm on this path. These are some of the things that I'm learning along the way does this resonate? And over time, people started saying, this does resonate. And I want more of that. And um, I'd love to experience that too. Or how do I put this into practice? And so that whole process was just organic, um, consistent, and super empathetic until you get to a place where um, people want more. And how do you serve people with more? And what can, what can you create around that? So that was the process and uh, still on that process today.
0: No, that's fantastic. I mean, the organic and the consistency behind it, just like you say, seven years of just sharing your message uh, is what started developing it into something you could transition into full-time. This is, this is your full-time gig, if I'm right. Yes, 100%. Okay, so the, uh, yeah, no, that's that's awesome, man. There's a lot of people out there. I, I did a recent episode where I talk about one of the ways to get into pursuing your passion and, and getting paid to do it is to simply share what it is you're doing and what you believe or what your ideas are, share it. Put it out there as often as possible and there will be people who connect with that. And that's I exactly, think you're, a, you're a great example of that, but you are a good example of the consistency required. Yeah. So, um, okay. Now let's, let's, let's get a little bit deeper into, uh, into the academy, the coaching opportunities you talk about helping out with the mindset. Could you tell us a little bit about what that looks like?
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of times people will come to me or, you know, say things like Blake, Tommy, I don't have clarity right? And I've, I've said these things in the past. And so, you know, really, really where we start is around um, around that place. Because if there's no clarity, if I always say, if we don't have a compass on where we want to go, then we have no filtering mechanism on today's decisions. We don't know what to say yes or no to. We don't know what to stay consistent with. We don't know what to say discipline. We just, we're kind of, you know, when we aim at nothing, we guarantee that we'll wind up there. So everything starts from a place of clarity, and really, we, we, before COVID, this was more experiential in the sense that um, as much as possible, I would get people in physical environments where I could shift them out of their ordinary state so as to induce a higher level of clarity. Now, we, we still do that virtually, but it's a little bit different. But anyways, it's all about clarity on that North Star. And it's really simple. You know, I could just ask somebody listening. It's like, if Blake and I asked you where you want to be in three years, um, paint us a picture of that. What does it look like? And what does it feel like? And that's just a simple question, but if you don't have any specifics around that, if you can't take us, take you and I on a journey around what that looks and feels like, even if it's, you know, again, it's, it doesn't, it's not all it's, it, we have to have some clarity. It's not like those things are going to, Uh, always come to life or there won't be pivots or changes, but that's the place that we have to start. And so for me, everything is reverse engineered from what I call a North star vision, which is just a North star guiding compass. It's not a map because maps get us from point A to point B. It's just a compass that directs us through the peaks, valleys, and plateaus of our lives. And then we reverse engineer that because what I found Blake was in my space, And what I found when I was trying to really achieve transformation is that there was a lot of focus on vision and clarity, which is step number one, but then I'm, 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 I'm here today. So what do I, how do I actually start to close that gap? And because our minds are so good at focusing on what's not working, then we focus on how far we have to go. So our whole process is clarity first and then reverse engineer all the way down to what's today's action. So today's Thursday, uh, November 19th based on your clarity, what is one simple action that you can do, hopefully in 20 minutes or less, that's going to start creating some momentum towards that clarity. And you want it to be simple. You want it to be specific. And this is not the time to do 20 things because that creates overwhelm. It's about making small progress. You asked me about consistency. That's how we stay consistency, uh, consistent. We break it down so small that it almost seems, Tommy, Blake, is this one small thing actually going to move me towards my vision? Like that's the type of, that's how small it has to be. And the answer is yes, because when we start moving, we start creating momentum. And when we create momentum, the clarity becomes even stronger. And when that clarity becomes stronger, we become internally motivated. And all these ingredients start to come up when we start taking movement towards that clarity.
0: That's, yeah, that's awesome. I think I've, uh, aim. uh the tactics differ from, from, from practice to practice, but the theme being to start with, uh you know that vision whether that's three years some people do five years some people do ten year you know that that depends on what you think works best and the the three year i think is actually a very good that's a very good time frame in my opinion i typically won't go any further than a five-year uh vision just because uh you know like you said you never know things can pivot things can change and then making sure that each each daily action daily mindset that you're that you're running through Points keeps pointing in that direction. So I love that. Yeah. So then, yeah. So I've seen some of your content, and I think one of the greatest things that you do very well is kicking people in the rear for having those, uh, those, those, the wrong concepts or the wrong mindsets and things like that. So if there has been one mindset or, uh, or one limiting belief that, uh, you know, your clients or your, uh, your viewers and your fans have had, I'd love for you to, uh, kick some of our listeners in the rear about it and, and kind of give them that push.
1: hundred percent. Yeah, no, love it. And, and by the way, you know, it's like, um, you know, uh, when we respect people, we challenge them. You know, if we think about people that really respect us, um, there's a healthy, there's a healthy dose of both support and challenge. Right. And that's, to me, that's Hmm. in any type of coaching, any type of content, any type of mentorship experience or whatever we want to call it, we want to find that balance, right. Because, um, again, I surround myself with people who challenge me. Uh, when I was stuck in my life, I surrounded myself with people who didn't respect me enough to challenge me. They just wanted me to stay the same. And so we enabled each other's excuses. Um, the biggest thing is this one, Blake, at least from what I've seen is we're waiting around for something external to happen, to change something internally. And usually what we're waiting around for is, we'll say things like, if I just had clarity or it's not the right time or someday or tomorrow or whatever it may be. Um, the, the The problem with that is that basically we're living with a lack of urgency. And, you know, today, the problem that we have, or the thing that we want to do, it might be just like a level two problem, you know, low, but it's still there. In six months, it's going to be a level five. In three years, it's going to be a level 10. And the biggest thing that I see is that people are waiting around for really some type of crisis, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, financial crisis, to actually choose to change. And this kind of ties back to what we said at the beginning, which is, Why don't we level up the urgency to change now, get hyper clear, right? Reduce, you know, instead of giving ourselves three years to do it, see how we can bring it to life in six months and really just compel a deeper sense of urgency because urgency is manufactured. Urgency is created. And if we do it right, urgency allows us to do the thing that we want to do next week, next month, next year, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and actually start doing it today. So that's the number one. Like when, when clients come to me, I look for three things. Are you open? Are you ready? And are you willing? Openness is, am I open to new ways of thinking? Anybody on this podcast certainly is. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to actually change? Because sometimes we know there's a problem in our life, but we're not ready. Um, so why, why, why lie to ourselves or to somebody else? And then the last part is, are we willing? Are we willing to get uncomfortable? Are we willing to be rejected? Are we willing to do content for three years and have nobody connect with it? That's in those three ingredients, that's what I look for. That's what I call coachability, right? And if you don't have those, then change that lasts is very difficult. You might change for a season, a quarter, three weeks, but to like consistent change over years, the stuff that really moves the needle, you have to have those three ingredients.
0: I think that's great. Uh, Yeah. Willingness is one of the biggest things, you know, if you're not willing to, to really step out of something, then you're going to consistently stay in what you're in. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, You answered my question greatly. I, uh, I want to move on and ask about the 1% rule. That's your uh, first book, right? That you wrote. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about the 1% rule and what that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to release the overwhelm that comes when we do have a vision or when we do have a goal or when we do listen to the podcast and have an insight um, because people would come to me and say, okay, we, I solved the clarity problem. Now I know what I want to do, but how? How do I actually do it? And I say in the book that the how is where all the dreams go to die, that you and I don't need to figure out the how today. In fact, you know, I love hiking here in Arizona. I hike every single day. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to focus on, you know, the, the 250th step. I need to focus on the step in front of me. If I start focusing too far ahead, I'm going to break my ankle um, at the speed that I go at, or I'm going to miss the moment, or I'm going to, I'm going to uh, miss paths that are way funner and easier to get there. So, we focus so much on the how, and that's not to say strategy and plans, um, aren't worthwhile, but we spend way too much time there. And so the 1% rule was designed to one, recognize that we're going to spend 99% of our time in the process. So going back to the mountain metaphor, if I can't love every step of the mountain on the way to the peak, then what's the point Uh, for me? I don't define success as, uh, let me sacrifice my emotional sanity. Um, at the, with the illusion that someday I'm going to get there and it's going to be worth it. Um, I actually, for me, the process and the result, um, I actually, um, I'm, I'm, I, I, have conditioned myself to like the process much more. And then the result is just the cherry on top because the process is actually what changes us and we're here to change. So why not embrace the process? So the 1% rule was designed to release the overwhelm, embrace the process, and just, uh, harness the power of compounding effect, you know, um, 1% daily. If you do it daily consistently, if you move the needle 1% and we can get, we can get more clear on what that means. But if you do that, you will be in a fundamentally different place one year from now. And if you do that for two years, you'll be in a different place. And if you do that, and then the cycle repeats itself. Um, what, what happens with growth, Blake, which maybe you've seen or experienced is that we, we're consistent and on fire for two weeks, and then we disappear for three weeks. And then we start over and we do it for a month. And then we disappear for three months. And then ultimately, I call this the roller coaster effect. Ultimately, we quit because we're inconsistent and starting once we've started and we've stopped, there's so much energy to keep going. So the 1% rule is just small deposits every day, small deposits, small deposits, small deposits, small deposits. Don't even look at your bank account. It doesn't matter. Small deposit look at your bank account a year and a half from now you'll be very surprised with what's in there
0: that's that's fantastic because i've actually had a life experience where i spoke with a coach who identified that in me so i ended up talking to her about i had been doing journal entries for months and months and i was able to identify a pattern in my life i would get for sometimes all the way to like 6 weeks you know where i was just driven high ambition. I was going. And then I got it down to a science where I would get a week of lull. And the only way I could keep it at a week was if I did absolutely nothing during that week. I knew that if I sat on the couch and watched Netflix every day during that week by the seventh day, I was going to be so fed up with myself. I was going to get back up and I was going to be ready to move forward again. But my energy may not have been focused toward the same thing that I was focused on beforehand. Like you said, it takes so much energy to pick something back up once you've dropped it. So it was often a new venture I was going for, something new that I was shooting to, to try to build or create. And she talks about you know, slowing down in the, some of those peaks, making sure that you're doing small deposits, pull yourself back. Uh, so yeah, to, to, to hear that confirmed yet again by you, just further solidifies you know that concept
1: yeah and and you know i always say we like to we like to we like to overvalue intensity um, over consistency and i'm certainly somebody uh who has attempted that path and when people look at me at the outside they see the intensity however it's built on a bedrock on a foundation of consistency so for example if you you know i always ask people what's better working out every day for 25 minutes or doing, you know, doing four workouts a day, uh, you know, um, w- once every two Saturdays, right? Of course, we know that every single day is so much better, um, but we tend to overvalue intensity. So I love what you said there because uh, it's not that we won't hit some, you know, by starting small. You know, some people call this lowering the bar to get started, right? Start small. By starting small, we make progress. Progress is the number one motivator across everything. Uh, Whether it's money, accolades, uh, promotions, um, any external carrot, progress is the number one motivator and even perceived progress, right? Even if we just feel like we're in motion, that's the number one motivator. So by, by making it small, we actually harness progress. And when we go after intensity, it may work for a little while, but we burn out or it's unsustainable, or we have a lull and then we give up after the lull and chase a, a shiny object. And that happens over and over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the whole concept that you're talking about is what peace with the process was born out of, you know, understanding that you don't have to sacrifice your emotional, physical, uh, financial, whatever other, you know, aspects that keep you going on a regular basis. You don't have to sacrifice one uh, just to put in everything you've got into uh, into the process. You can make those incrementals. You can make those changes. Now, I would agree there's definitely going to be seasons uh, or maybe even just a a short time period that you may have to do some pushing. You may have to do some give and take on what's going on, but always double check it, always analyze it to make sure that uh, the sacrifice is uh, it's a healthy sacrifice that your marriage is not bombing out the bottom uh, because you've been spending so much time at work, make sure you're double checking that sacrifice. Um, so, absolutely, I agree with the one percent method, and I think that that's uh, that that's fantastic. I use it myself. Um, so, let's talk about the uh, the second book, the Leap of Your Life. So, that one's not as revealing in the title. So, I'm excited to hear uh, what that one's all about.
1: Yeah, this one uh, it's it's a hefty dose. I mean, both both have it because it's kind of my style. But it's definitely this one starts with a hefty dose of real talk. actually, the first line is, um, what are you waiting for? And and my publisher, when they saw that, they were kind of like, hey, um, we should probably tone it down because somebody who doesn't know you is gonna think you're out of your mind asking them that. And I said, (laughs) I can't uh, because it's too important. And so the leap was basically, it came to life because so many conversations where I had talked to people who, who did have clarity about something that they wanted to do. But again, going back to the number one issue that you, you uh, asked me about was they were waiting for something and we can wait for anything. We can wait for permission. We can wait for the new president to come into office. We can wait for Corona to end. We can wait for um, uh, getting another degree. We can wait to get a thousand podcast downloads. We can wait, until, you know, the list will go on and on. The ego will use any excuse to wait. And my argument is, the more that we wait to act on a clarity, on clarity that we've had, the more chances, fear, doubt, overwhelm, procrastination, all of those things will start to expand. And so we'll have this clarity. I need to, I need to get in shape. I need to launch this thing. Um, I need to have a conversation, even a conversation with someone. Right. And as time passes, we talk ourselves out of it. So the leap was really about, what is that one thing? Cause I believe that at any given time there's, there's obviously um, this is a generalization, but for a lot of, a lot of people at any given time, there's one thing that they know they've been wanting to do, but something has been stopping them. And the leap was all about how can we give yourself, how can we give ourselves permission to actually do that thing? And then what can we expect when that thing happens? And when we put ourselves out there, what is the, you know, what are the mindsets and the tools? to allow us to navigate what happens after because a lot of people think that just doing the thing the first time is kind of the end game. And that's really where the work begins. You know, once you do it, now you're in the trenches. Now you're in what I like to call the arena. You've, you've left the rafters of section 419, and now you're actually in the trenches and that's really where the work starts.
0: Yeah. I love that. Uh, So what was, what was your personal uh, leap? that you had to take for, uh, for, for your practice, for everything that you do?
1: Oh, countless. So, um, the one that I really detail in the book is, um, I had built my first business, uh, back East on the East coast. And, uh, and early on it was completely in alignment. Um, and it, you know, it really fueled me, but I got to a place where, um, it was no longer doing that. And I would continue to talk myself into, um, re, you know, justifying it, rationalizing, it's going to get better. Or if I just grow enough, everything will be fixed. And that wasn't the case. And so, and by the way, it's, it's much easier to make a leap when things aren't working and it's obvious and people around you are like, yeah, nothing's working. So you should do that. Um, to me, things on the outside were working. And so this is the hardest place to make change from because the ego can be very uh, stubborn and say, well, it's doing this, or at least I have this, uh, I'm fulfilled some of the time. Anyways, for me, I had to get really honest that I wasn't. I had to get honest that the business I had built, I had outgrown, um, from a fulfillment standpoint, from a purpose standpoint, I'd really outgrown it. And I asked myself a simple question. I wake up five years down the line. I'm in, I'm in the same business also in the same environment. What's happening. And, uh, and I didn't like the answer when I got really honest. So it was both a business and an environment, uh, leap. Um, I've always loved the outdoors. I thrive on the outdoors. Nature is, you know, I've always wanted to be surrounded by mountains, but I lived in New York city and also in Connecticut. Uh, not exactly, you know, the outdoors, uh, you know, not exactly Patagonia. Um, so I had, I did, I did like a full leap, whereas I left the business that I had created that was, um, that had been working. Um, And I left an environment that I'd been in for a decade. And that was one of the leaps that I had to take. I had no blueprint, no guarantee of success. Didn't know if anything would work. Um, Had to let go of employees. I mean, it was total transformation and it was very difficult. And that was, that's one of the stories in the book. Um, One of the things that I say in the book also is that we have constant leaps that we take now. Hey, sometimes it might be huge. Like the one I described, right. I was leaving an environment. I was leaving a career and I was basically starting over. That's one type of leap, but there's all types of leaps. There's small leaps and they differ. They might differ in size, but they don't differ in ingredient in the ingredients that are part of it. Um, which is clarity, which is courage, which is, um, stepping into fear, not avoiding fear, but using fear and doubt as a compass, et cetera, et cetera. I can go through them, but the ingredients are very similar. So whether you're you need to have a conversation with a boss or you need to move out of a city or you need to launch a podcast. Those can all be leaps. It really depends on where you're at, but the ingredients of those are much more similar than they are dissimilar.
0: Okay. Yeah. Would you be willing to give some of our listeners uh, some of those ingredients? That way they have an idea of uh, of what they need to do for their leap.
1: Yeah. So one of the big ones is, Hey, I have this thing that I want to do, but there's fear and doubt. And so we are so trained to avoid fear and to look at doubt as, you know, something that's, um, that shouldn't be there. And so one of the key ingredients in the book that I say is that, you know, fear is, fear is the compass. Fear is actually the reason to do it. If you weren't, if you weren't experiencing some resistance, then, um, it wouldn't be challenging to you and it wouldn't be important to you. We don't, we don't, you know, when I do, I don't experience resistance over doing the dishes at night. I don't, I don't like doing them, but I don't, I don't go into an existential crisis when I do the dishes. And now that's a simple example. But when I have to, when I want to do something where I'm putting myself out there and being challenged, there's some resistance. So that's the first one that fear and doubts are required. Um, Another one is, uh, and I actually have a quote from Stephen Pressfield about fear, where he says, you know, fear is an indicator. um, He basically says the same thing that I was saying. Um, Another one is um, that the unknown is where the magic happens. So we tend to think, and going back to your three-year vision, that, you know, the three-year vision to me is so much less about painting the picture and using it as a map than it is just a compass because things are gonna change. And we, we tend to look at the unknown with worst case scenarios. I just did a podcast about this. Um, I was talking to someone who really is out of alignment with their job and they're sick and tired of it. And they've been in the same place and the boss, then their pattern, all of the stuff that usually comes with disengagement at work, which now 71% of the workforce uh, is disengaged. And, uh, and I asked them, I said, okay, so what's, what's, what's in the way. And they start to list all of the potential reasons why uh, like worst case scenarios, you know, this can happen. This can happen. I might not make it, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, listen, if you stay in the same place, you're hundred percent guaranteed to fail. So if you stay in that place, you're hundred percent guaranteed to fail. Okay. So you're giving me all of these worst case scenarios that have, yes, they have the possibility of failure. I will give you that you might fail. You might uh, not make it. You might have to come back to the job with your tail between your legs. Awesome. That's a, let's just call that a 10% possibility, which I think is actually quite high knowing this person. But let's just say 10% possibility. Hmm. Well, if you stay in your current circumstance, it's a 100% possibility. So would you rather have a 100% guarantee of failure by staying in the same place or make a change that you know has been calling you for five years and have the possibility of something else, because you just listed all the worst case scenarios. What about, not even best case scenarios, what about other possibilities? What would be possible? And we started to list all of those things out. And what he realized was that the unknown was very scary to him. And we, we all know this, right? We'd rather stay in something that's causing us comfortable, uh, comfortable pain, um, yet it's known, it's predictable. We know we're gonna wake up and hate our boss. Great. Um, our ego knows that, what to expect. But if, if we wake up and we don't have a boss, oh, what do we that's kind of scary because I don't I don't know what that experience is like. I don't know what it's like to be my own boss. I don't know what it's like to, you know, have to uh create income for myself. Um, that's the unknown. So the first principle is really fear is a compass. The second is start to shift your relationship with the unknown and mm. understand that you wouldn't be called towards something that wasn't important or meaningful to you. And that's enough reason to pursue it, not avoid it.
0: Yeah, I think. That, uh, you know, that kind of goes along with the common saying of uh, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And my wife and I actually just experienced something like that. We're in the, we're in the process of building a house. And so we've gotten a few uh, quotes from a couple of different people on, um, on one of the aspects of our house. Uh, so it was actually the, the granite. Well, the granite, the guy was giving us an amazing deal. On the granite, he's a friend, a friend of the family, but it was still above our budget for what we had, so we had to tell them we we weren't able to do that. Uh, but he had a uh, ever seen on on some merchandise, and he said, "I'm going to give that you through a real good price." Well, we had to go with a different guy, you know, that that would give us uh, some granite that was in our budget, but we were worried that because we had to go with someone else for the granite, that we might not be able to get the really good deal on the sink. And so I was talking with my wife because she was communicating with him because it was a friend on her side, and um, you know she's like, she's like, I don't know, I feel bad for asking, you know, I, I don't want to ask him if, uh, you know, I feel bad for not being able to, you know, give him all of our business and then try to ask him for this great deal on on the sink. And I said, listen, if you don't ask, the answer is no. Like we won't get it for sure if you don't ask. So she reached, so she says, okay, okay, I'm just gonna do it. So she sends him, sends him the message, and he's, she sends me a message back. She says, he said we can have it. I said aren't you glad you asked and uh, yeah it's that's obviously a very small version of what you're talking about which is you know the unknown being what is it like to uh, be self-employed which is a prob- probably a lot of what a lot of people are thinking you know at this time to be self-employed i know that's uh, working from home has been even more heightened and things like that so if you never try if you're never willing to go into that unknown the answer to your question of can I do it? Am I capable of doing it? Will always be no. I think that's, I think that's an amazing uh, ingredient point that you include in there for sure.
1: Yeah. And that, no, I mean, I actually think that the house example is very, it's, it's even more relevant than what I should, because we have these circumstances, you know, the job thing is a big deal. I don't know how many times people make that decision, maybe, you know, once every 10 years or whatever, but, we have opportunities in our day-to-day every single day to ask every single day to put ourselves out there in some capacity. You with this podcast, you know, I, on my podcast, I get, I get my inbox has no's all, all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to do it. No, it's a the podcast isn't big enough. No, it, it doesn't have the time. Okay. Awesome. Well, I know for every five no's that I get, I'm going to get five yeses that are going to be sole riveting conversations that are going to be as incredible for me as they are for other people. But you can't have one without the other. You can't, you know, have the desire to do this thing and then avoid the discomfort of possible rejection or, um, you know, the f- emotional feelings of asking a contractor about this or that. Like we have to ask. And so often when we ask, the person's like, oh yeah, no problem. Not every time, but more often than not, people are willing to say yes. So I love that point, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm the same way with getting guests on my show. I even reached out to uh to Matthew McConaughey. I said, you know what? I'm gonna shoot for it. I'm gonna see if I can get him on the show. I've got nothing back, but I'm speaking into existence. He'll he'll respond one of these days. Okay. Uh, so so
1: I just love that. I love that. Uh, by the way, I also reached out. Uh and and I I use it as a teaching point inside of one of my groups because um you're sending, you know, what we're doing there is sending signals out. And if, if you and I thought that we were literally not capable, like if we literally thought that Matthew McConaughey was such a badass and such on a different level of humanness than you and I, then we would have never reached out. Right. We would never reach out. Um, if we didn't think we were worthy of holding a 45 minute conversation with someone like that, we would have never reached out. And so I love that example because this is what we have to do. Um, I'm sure just by you doing that, like you said, speaking it into existence, I'm sure it gave you a little more oomph, a little more this like this kind of real confidence too that you put yourself out there and that you're gonna you're willing to do that and that you're committed and that um you're willing to get nos or to get ghosted or to have somebody say, Yeah, no, sorry, no chance. Because you're doing something that matters to you. So I don't want to skip over that point because one, I share that with you, which is great. But also for somebody out there listening, what is your version of that? So if Blake and I reach out to a movie star to have on the podcast, what is your version of that? What is something that you can ask for that's going to speak what you want into the world? And by the way, you might not get it and that's okay. Because if you do that long enough, you will get it. And most importantly, there's a certain energy that you carry yourself with when you do those type of things. So I love that, man.
0: We both reached out to Matthew. Yeah. he's got That book going on with the, uh, the green light. I found out that he does an audible version of it where he is doing the voiceover on it. So I'm buying that just cause, well, he's got that Southern accent. I gotta, I gotta check that Great book, book out by as the way. well. Cause I've listened Great. to a few of his things as well. So. It's it's a great book. You've already on, read
1: it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. Um, on you know, like we're obviously living in heavy times, and so it's he does a really good job of it, it's it's deep, but it's very fun, which is basically his personality, right? It's like it's soulful, but it's also playful. It's can be intense at times, but it's also super laid back. So I really like that during this season that we're all going through uncertainty, and there's a lot of stuff out in the world that's heavy. It was deep but light at the same time, so highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I caught I caught his uh, guest appearance on uh, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, where he talked he talked he went went into detail with a lot of those different stories. Um, So yeah, that's what drew me to it as well. Um, So yeah, man, I I know we kind of got off topic talking about Matthew McConaughey. I'm sure that's easy to do, but uh, I definitely want to thank you for coming on the show. I know we're getting down to the end of time here um, and we've had so many great topics of conversation. Uh, So rather than try to tell our listeners where they can follow you, where they can keep up with what you have going on uh, so that they can get more of what you offer.
1: Yeah, I love it. Of course, uh, listening to a podcast, you can hop to Resist Average Academy um, where we have conversations like this. And then also I have a daily blog at tommy-baker.com, tommy-baker, which is a dose of perspective in five minutes or less. People say blogs are dying, uh, but people love to come on to just get a dose of a really short dose of uh, sometimes real talk, <laughs> sometimes challenge, sometimes uh, a different perspective on all things growth results and that intersection of performance and fulfillment, which is what lights me up.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, guys, if you uh, if you connect with uh, Tommy, definitely check him out. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, Tommy and I don't have uh, too many differences. Obviously, we have our own way of doing things, but our perspective on the process is very similar. So I do know for sure, even after, uh, especially after this conversation, as well as some of the things that I've seen uh, through my research on Tommy, that he's definitely has a lot to offer you uh, in that realm and more. So check him out. Uh, be sure to, uh, to follow what he's got going on. Tommy, I uh, want to say that again, I appreciate you coming on the show, man.
1: Blake, thanks so much for having me on, man. Keep doing what you're doing and keep, keep making those bold pitches.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tommy Baker. I think it's pretty apparent uh, Tommy and I share a lot of the same uh, insights and concepts. Uh, It's no secret, you know, when you've got peace with the process combined with resist average, uh, that you're going to have some of those like-minded concepts in there. And um, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm genuinely grateful to have guys like Tommy on the podcast. I'm looking forward to having many more like him on here. Uh, check out what he's got going on over at resist average academy and the podcast as well as his uh, coaching format so you can check out all the opportunities that he has to learn deeper these concepts and go on a um, you know a learning path with the concepts that he has in mind especially with his two books take a look into those as well Uh, check him out on instagram uh, and he is also active on facebook as well you heard him tell all the places that you can find them on. So guys, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Peace with the Process. Um, I look forward to hearing from you guys going forward on what your thoughts were on this episode. So if you have not already, head on over to the Facebook page, go to Peace with the Process on the page and find the teaser video that I uploaded for this episode and comment on that post and tell us what you thought about the episode. What were some insights that you pulled out of this episode and that you plan on applying to your own life or that you just thought were some interesting concepts or if you want to debate. Let's just get some conversation sparked. If conversation is what you're looking for and you're looking to have some conversations with some other individuals that have possibly listened to this show or share the same ideals, head on over to Peace With The Process Facebook group that's not the page that's the group go over there uh, sign up to become a member and fill out the questions Um, I will shoot you a message if you don't fill out the questions so you can get those questions answered in order to get into the group do that and let's start building that thing up let's get a lot of people together that are just like this I know you guys are hungry I know you guys are wanting to grow and continue your journey and really developing yourselves. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, That's why you do what you do every day. So keep it up. Great job. Head over to that Facebook group, and let's keep it going with some like-minded individuals. I'll see you guys next time on Peace with the Process.